Marty, reiterate your question about Wisconsin basketball. Yeah, so I was, before I went to bed last night, I was kind of thinking about, I saw a tweet that was put out there, like, who do you want taking a last second shot for your school? So I figured it would be a good uh, little poll question. Yeah. Who do you want to take the final shot for a March Madness tournament game all time for the Wisconsin Badgers? I have narrowed it down to the one guy, and it might be just, just because maybe he's the statistical leader or because I've seen him hit big shot after big shot. But there's a lot of guys that hit big shots. RJ, you have a list of five. Six. Six. I, I haven't narrowed it down yet. I got like I got one I got the one I'd choose, but I have two other ones. But Rowdy, you have two, you said? Three? Yeah, so I just started compiling about every single name last night. I think I ran through about twenty mm-hmm. and got it down to two. And I I got my winner. But uh I want to hear RJ like six. It, is it like a coin flip winner or is it like you you're solid on him? I'm I'm going in on him. I'm I'm taking him. RJ, name your six. Oh, okay. So, most, the majority of this list are only people I've seen. And well, yeah, that's where rem- mine comes from, too. And kind of remember seen. them making big shots. So, I mean, we got Jordan Taylor, Bronson Koenig, Trevon Hughes, Kirk Penny, John Bryant. Ooh. I don't know, if the, the two-year wonder that was John Bryant. John, uh, John Bryant? 98, 99, 99, <laughs> 2000. I mean, he had some big shots where it was like, Probably not the most, not not on the list of the guys everybody will think, but yeah. it always seemed the shots he made were big shots. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then one I hadn't seen, but I mean, when you're almost a 50% career shooter from the field, uh, Rick Olson. Rick Olson. Who's, uh, a Madison LaFollette kid, uh, did very well for the Badgers in his career. Rick Olson. Um, but yeah, so those, those are my six still... Trying to whittle it down. Uh, I'm probably not going to put Rick Olsen in there because, honestly, never watched Hey, him but play. you just wanted to get the name out there. You wanted to, to, to just pay attention to the name Rick Olsen for a bit. Remember I mean, him. Al- respect it. 50% from the field in his, his career. You got to love it. All right, so your number one then is? I have no clue. I haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> All right, so Rowdy. <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was in, in uh, I actually, order. When that, I went, that was literally when I heard you when he bring came, it up yeah, this when morning. He, when he had his like, little list. And I thought I that think, was the order. No, I jotted him down. I think you even added one from when I uh, left the room. Yeah, because you said five. You, five. you said five when you trotted in here. No, that's oh. I meant six, apparently. Oh. <laughs> I going to say from there, wing, you're adding them. Hmm. All right, so I'll Rowdy. just keep adding them. And you're down to two, Rowdy, right? Well, I got mine. I got mine. Okay, so here's mine. I'm going to go with this guy just because, I mean, is it a cop-out that he is, you know, the the leader here when it comes to three-point field goals? Sure, but that means he was shooting them. He was doing good. Three-point field goal attempts as well. Give me Bronson Koenig. That dude was straight money. Yeah. How many, I mean, and as Rowdy pointed out, you know, in the trips to the Final Four, it's like there's that, those teams were loaded with shooters. Mm-hmm. I just felt like it was uh, no matter who had the ball, they could just peg it. But give me Bronson Koenig for the last shot all time for Wisconsin Badgers. Yeah, he was uh, one of the two that I narrowed it down to. He was number two on my list. And Rowdy, who is your number one? I'm going to go with Jordan Taylor. Jordan Taylor, I just remember he made so many big shots game after game, it felt like, with guys in his face. And it didn't matter if he was behind the three-point line or if he drove it in amongst the trees and all of a sudden pulled up and made shots or even went to the hoop amongst the big guys and laid it in. Anywhere on the court, I'll take Jordan Taylor. Yeah, and I love it. He's a beast. He's so good. Both of the ones you listed in recent memory yeah. and my memory would be 
your top ones out there. But uh, you can't go wrong with them either way. I, I'd probably lean more towards Jordan Taylor as he well. He's a baller. Just, just yeah. for I what? feel more confident yeah. in Jordan Taylor everywhere on the court. Like Bronson right. Koenig from behind the arc for sure. Yeah. But I saw so many Jordan Taylor big-time shots or game winners, not only behind the behind yeah. the arc, but also in the lane. Wasn't a dude who was afraid of contact either. No, mm-hmm. and he's also built for if, it. If he's driving, he's usually drawing that and one. Oh, yeah, he's a beast. Now, I was thinking like all-time final shot. In my mind, the first thing I visualized was like a three-pointer, yeah. like a long-range three-pointer. So that was my yeah. – I went with my instant visualization. Oh, absolutely, and there's not – there's nothing wrong with that. I yeah. would take for a guy slashing and driving to the rim too. If you want to get a bucket, Orlando Tucker, because that, something about him was just the guy that could create and get to the rack. He to me is the ultimate slasher. I love Tucker. Not not for a long range shot though. <laughs> said, sorry, he to me reminds me of uh, that's my boy. That's the spot I go to. He <laughs> may. <laughs> so RJ, you can, you got to whittle it down from I, the six here. I did. I just did. Okay. I went with Nelly but just, okay. Taylor. Just think about how spoiled we were, though, from like 2013 to 14 and then 14 and 15 team, where we can name like half the team that you feel comfortable taking the last shot. And half that team are all thousand point scorers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm looking right here. Uh, let's see here. I got That's a tweet easy when you're there for four years. <laughs> it is. I got a tweet here from our guy Maytag underscore Zach. What's up, Zach in Wisco? He says no love for Showy. How many game winners or game time shots did he hit? I mean, Showy would be up. there. That was yeah. a guy we named earlier. I mean, from that we'll go from 13 to 15. You had Ben Bruss that hit big shots. Yep. You had Showalter that hit big shots. Josh Gosser hit big shots. Frank Kaminsky hit big shots. Sam Decker, Bronson Koenig, Nigel Hayes. I mean, that's just seven, eight guys right there. Yeah. Our guy yeah. on Twitch, 4Badger67. What's up, man? He says, I'll take Devin Harris or Michael Finley. Do Michael Finley. That, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Devin Harris. I mean, that, that guy was just all his. He just had an all-around great game, obviously. Mm-hmm. I mean, God, how long did he spend in the NBA, too? That guy was so good. And then uh, B-Rail says Finley all day. Yeah, Michael Finley. That's in my very young years growing up, that's what made me fall in love with uh, Wisconsin basketball is, is Michael Finley. Yeah. That guy was just smooth. I was, think, I was thinking Tracy Webster. Yeah. But, like, you go back and you just remember him as the steals and assist guy. And, I I mean, I don't really remember him. Well, kind of in that same vein, uh, another local Madison guy, I remember Michael Flowers making big shots, but he's also more oh. of a defensive player too. Yeah, yeah. like like that one uh, versus Texas. Down, oh, where was that? God, you're testing the memory yeah. now today, RJ. We were at a a bowl game, so it was sometime in December, uh, leading into January. But uh, beat Texas and then stole the inbounds pass and tossed it yeah. up in the air yeah. to to end the to game. So like, that's like to your point, like a Tracy Webster. He's a guy that I remember making big shots, but. He was more of a defensive player. Right. Yeah. I'm looking here at uh, Big Ten Conference career three-point leaders for field goals since uh, they started you know, tabulating it in 1986-87 season. And if you go down the list, the first Wisconsin player to show up is number 23 on the list, Bronson Koenig. Uh, then the next Wisconsin player, you got to go down to number 28, Sharif Chambliss, dude. Hell yeah. <laughs> he transferred from Penn State. Uh-huh. And then you go down a little farther. Number tied, 44, Ben Brust and Demetri Trice. Tied. Tied. Um, Trice has a, this has is a on sports, to... This is on sportsreference.com. I thought Trice surpassed him. 
Uh, maybe this hasn't been updated. Yeah. Yet. Well, just give Trice just another scroll year. Scroll back to the top. It usually lists uh, when it was last updated. I don't because I thought Trice passed Brust, so this might not have been updated. But I think they might have been factoring in he might have like a six and seven season. <laughs> uh, let's see here. B Rail says let's give some props for, uh, to the wonder from down under, Kirk Penny. I know he's on your list, RJ. Yeah, he was on there. What's up, Dougie? Dougie says does Mike does Finley ever make it back to Madison for anything? Uh, I don't. I think I've seen him once or twice. Yeah, I mean, I think it's rare, but I think I. God, I think a couple of years ago he was in town. Was that, I, yeah. Did you say that was B Rail that took uh, Kirk Penny? Yeah, B Rail. I'll say the the two guys that uh, when I first started watching Wisconsin basketball that were the absolute man had to be Mike Kelly and Kirk Penny. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. Uh, Kirk Penny's fifty two on this list, by the way. Um, ahead of him, Tim Locum, nineteen eighty eight. There you go, RJ. Ooh. Exactly. Uh, Michael Finley comes in at number 58 from his time in the uh, early 90s here in Wisconsin. And then, ooh, Jason Bohannon. All right, so I'll stop reading the list. I'm done in the 60s now. It doesn't matter anymore. (laughs) So it's funny when you talk about Jason Bohannon because obviously we talked about him a little bit just because of uh, his brother playing for Iowa. But when I think of Jason Bohannon, I think of a guy that was an extremely good shooter from behind the arc. But then I always remember a breakaway steal that he had where he missed the dunk. <laughs> I don't know why, but that's just that's, that's always it. just been ingrained. <laughs> the missed dunk ingrained in your memory. It's like Eddie. I just remember it clear as day. He had like the it was on the wing and he totally read the pass and stole it and had a breakaway dunk and he went up to dunk it instead of lay it in. <laughs> and he missed. And got stuffed by got stuffed by the rim. Well, here you go for for a three point field goal field goal percentage. For Wisconsin, Trent Jackson, 87 to 88. Yeah. So, I mean, I was born in 88. So, I, I mean, I'm going by players that I've seen play. His th- three-point field goal percentage was uh, 451. Look at that. That's pretty good. That's that's not bad. Now, I asked Rowdy, I'll see you, RJ, would you take anyone from this team right now? And we both said, well, Demetri Trice would be on the list, but he'd be a little farther down. Yeah, he, he wouldn't make your final five. But no. he's definitely on the list for the discussion, especially when you look uh, back just – Two games, and yeah. I mean, Rowdy brought up the Illinois he, game. He couldn't miss. Yeah, in the final two minutes. Yeah, <laughs> Demetrius Trice would that, be. He's he's clutch. he's on the list. Yeah, but how high he really is on the list? Uh, if, if you're dividing it into like teams, you know, like first team, second team, third team, I think on this list he's honorable mention. Yeah, uh, yeah, totally. I mean, he's listen. Demetrius Trice is the best shooter. He his career best this year. Um, in his Career best, obviously. He's the best on the Wisconsin Badger basketball team right now. So let's hope that could come to fruition tonight. I don't do I if we're talking about this team currently, this is this might sound crazy, but I think behind Demetri Trice, if you were going to put anyone else on this list, I might put Brad Davison. Oh, Brad Davison. Oh, I was not gonna guess that. I was gonna say Anderson. Oh, Trevor Anderson Rowdy? <laughs> <laughs> Brad Davison has not sh- has not shot the ball well, especially from the field this year. But he always seems in in big time moments, down stretches of games, not game winners and stuff like that. He always seems to hit threes. Now, if it was a game against Iowa for last shot, I take Micah Potter because for some reason he can ball out against Iowa. Yeah. Well, yeah. All right. Hopefully, we have that chance in uh, uh, forty eight hours. Speaking of, well, RJ, we got. First on the dock at Penn State. Speaking of that, I said hopefully. Uh, hope, uh, hope, my apologies. Hopefully, yes, correct. We'll have comments from Demetri Trice coming up. He is pretty pumped up, inspired. 
uh, over what Greg Gard had to say about Poborowski and after that Iowa game. Could be a big rallying moment, big rallying cry for the Wisconsin Badgers. It was, uh, you know, Sunday against Iowa. Tough scene, right? Boborowski and uh, the bias that's out there of Brad Davison on full display. But Greg Gard afterwards took to the media and just started tearing some ass. And it was awesome to see. Maybe, maybe a little too late, but I'm glad that he started to do it. And that he had his teammates back publicly to the media and just saying, Boborowski, get effed. And the Big Ten officials, what are you doing? And ESPN, the four-letter network, what are you doing? You get F2. So here is comments from Demetri Trice. And we were talking, could this be a moment, a spark, uh, for this team to start playing a little better? They did play pretty good in the second half against Iowa, right? I mean, we all can we all can agree with that, right? The shooting looked good. Yeah, they looked probably the best they've played against a team that's better than them for about two months. Yep. So here is a comment from Dimitri Trice about guards comments after the game if it lit a fire under the team or not. I had to I had to tell him personally that I, that I really appreciated it and I think and I thanked him for that because that really shows that he cares for the players, cares for our, for this team and it really lit a fire under under us even after the game. We could have went out there and played Iowa again right after the game once coach was talking about those things and then we saw on social media the things that he was saying in the post game conference and meeting and stuff. So yeah, it just lit a fire under us. Well, that's good to hear because they needed something. Yeah, now they got to prove it. Yeah, exactly. Because this is the first game now back from that Iowa game from the Greg Gard comments against a team that is a lesser opponent than you are. Yep. Now you got to prove it's it. It's prove it time. Uh, here is more comments from Trice about how – I mean, it all stemmed around Brad Davison. So here's Trice on how Brad Davison reacted to Gardo. Um, Brad's attitude has been at all-time high. He's not looking at anything that was down um, or looked down upon it at him for the Iowa game. So he's continued to be Brad, and that's who he is, is an uplifting, enthusiastic kind of guy. So uh, he definitely has appreciated what Coach has done, um, especially over the last couple of weeks for him and fighting for him and um, saying what he needs to say um, in the media. Um, and then Trice also talks about, because Brad Davison also had a speech after the game. Uh, about the status of the team. So here's Trice on Davis's speech. Um, honestly, it was just about starting over. The game was over. It was about we got to get back to the drawing board. It was it was really like an inspiring speech, and it wasn't too long. It was just about getting back to it. It's, we're 0-0 now. The rest of the season before this doesn't matter, and we got a chance to continue to to put our stamp and leave our legacy as uh, these seniors or final games are coming down to it. So we got to just continue to come out there and fight. So right now <sighs> – their stamp is seniors, right? Their legacy right now is seniors. It's not a, it's not the greatest right now. No, but they have a, they have a moment here, a moment in time to turn that around, and they can do that. They have the pieces to do it. Hell, they did it last year. <laughs> <laughs> their backs were against the wall. They rattled off win after win, and they had the controversy of Kobe King and Helen and and everything in between. Everyone in the fire guard. They had, they had their. It was there, and they seized the moment, obviously. Trice says they can be dangerous when clicking on all cylinders. With multiple guys that can score and uh, get you over 10 points a game, I think is is key for us. So when we're all clicking on all cylinders, I think that we're a very, very dangerous team, and hopefully we can keep that rolling um, and then get a few stops on the defensive end to, to continue to um, win and, and move on. So, I mean, you guys said it best. They looked the best they've looked in quite some time in that second half against Iowa. Correct. Uh, Rowdy, <laughs> RJ, does this team have pressure right now going into the postseason? I I, I don't think right now yeah. they have pressure because they're playing Penn State. They're playing a team that, yes, they split against, but they 
on paper are better than they should outplay. I think the pressure would start more Friday when they would potentially play Iowa. It's the same team in a rematch. It's a team that's better than you. Yeah. It's a team that you're not expected to finally win. I'm, Do they have pressure? Are I'm they? not sure this team does have pressure. Like, I think no matter what, they're in the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. So no matter what this weekend, I don't think there's any pressure on Wisconsin. This will be the only game they're favored in. Yeah, I, I don't think they have pressure either um, right now. And then it really becomes one and done. I think that's good for the Badgers not to have pressure yeah. right, right now. Because you just play loose and easy. And yeah. that's, like Gardo was talking about earlier in the season, like, I can't yell guys into making shots. No. I, I can't, like, it's all mental. So if you come in without pressure, you got to think that's eased up a little bit mentally. I don't know if that, to me, I think that's good. And here's comments from Demetri Trice about pressure. Honestly, I feel like it's a little bit easier. You don't really have any pressure going into the postseason. Uh, you've worked your way to get to where you are, and we've worked our way to get to a sixth seed. And um, I think that we have a pretty good draw, and I like our odds of where where we stand. So I think that we're clicking at the right time really right now, even though we had, we've fallen short the last couple of games or last few games. Um, I think the t- team's head is in the right spot. <laughs> I don't, they, that's they tough. worked hard to get to the sixth seed. That's, that's tough. I mean, I, mean, you, I you get what he's trying to say. Yeah. That you were supposed to, and you lost to the teams that I get, better than I get that. what he's trying to say. I do too, but it's just, Sounds hilarious. And it's not like you're going to go up through the media and be like, yeah, we stink. Like, yeah, you're not going to say that. Like, I get it. And to the potential matchup again with Iowa, here's more from Trice. Seeing them on Friday, I think, will be another heated battle for 40 minutes. But I think that it's always hard to beat a team three times in, our, in, in one season. So I think that we're right there and we're clicking at the right time. So I'm excited to first handle whoever we have on Thursday. But uh, that potential matchup is definitely there and we're, we're definitely looking forward to them. Are they in the? Are, I mean, they keep seeming like in the right spot, clicking at the right time. I don't. How much are you clicking though? It, you literally just have a half against Iowa, where you lost, and there was a lot of things that went see, against. See, I you. need to see a nice, deep, solid run here in this Big Ten tournament, and if I'm going to feel confident at all about the Wisconsin Badgers in the March Madness tournament, same. You just can't flip it on and flip it off. Same. Uh, we got news of the weird coming up. We're talking Packers on the way. Uh, let's. I'm, I'm gonna roll the dice here. Let's go to the phones quick. Who's this? You're always rolling the dice. Oh, me, it's Dave from Anona. What's up, bro? I came up snake eyes. What's up, Dave? I love, I love this all, Dimitri Trice. We're clicking at the right time. You're one in five. It's a, it's a new season. No, it's an old season. Unless they add a sixth player on defense and lower the rim to eight feet, this team's not going anywhere because you, you, you don't all of a sudden turn it on and turn it off when you're all every 23, 24 years old. That's the thing I struggle with, Dave, is like you've lost so many games in a row here and you exactly. look dysfunctional. How do you how do you just turn it on? And as far as the all-time three-point shooting, um, RJ, you mentioned that probably the greatest shooter in Wisconsin history, Ricky Olson, because back then that's all he shot was threes. I would love someday for a, a statistician for Wisconsin to go back and and see how many of those shots were threes. Because back then, you only played 28 games. You know, these, these spoiled little brats now last 20 years. You got the Big Ten tournaments. You got the holiday tournaments. You got the NCAA tournament. You know, all these records now are all skewed since 1988 because you're at, what, probably 20, 30, 40 more games. But Ricky Olson, I mean, that guy was a sniper, and almost all of his shots were from three-point. I mean, he's, he's your all-time probably shooter, but uh, – now, if I had to have a guy, it'd be Devin Harris. That's the guy I want. And the crunch time, nobody else just Devin Harris because that guy could create his own shots. Yeah, he's he's he was phenomenal, Dave. But hey, I heard uh, Nelson now is six for six. Six in a row. We're going for seven tonight, Dave.
And he's I taking mean, the Badgers. Know, you are almost up to 500, which in your generation will get you a bowl game and you know five-star hotel status. <laughs> and some gift cards. Yeah. Dave, but, don't put that bad juju on me. Don't I'm, you put that juju I'm on me? I'm blaming you and the Badgers if uh, I mean, they don't cover tonight. I mean, corporate man there is finally starting to earn from his keep. Hey, Dave, you know, uh, the sun shines on a dog's ass every once in a while, you know? Not for a blind guy. <laughs> see, you, see you, Dave. <laughs> She's still dialing. She's still dialing. She's still dialing. <laughs> Dave, you, are, you already called the show. I mean, you, you made it on. All right, we'll come right back, get um, News of the Weird on. We'll dive into some Packers chatter as well. But, yeah, it's a moment for the Badgers. I hope that Guard and his comments to the media about, you know, the bias of Brad Davison, Bobrowski's ineptitude. I hope it's a, a moment that sparks the Badgers. We'll find out tonight starting at 8 o'clock. Packers getting some compensatory picks. No other team, well, I should say, let me rephrase that. Three other teams have done more in compensatory picks, but the Packers since 1995, only three teams have received more selections than the Packers. Uh, under Ron Wolf, Mike Sherman, Ted Thompson, now Brian Gutekunst, Packers have occurred 42 picks. They now get back... Um, uh, round four, five, and six, all a pick in each round. Three picks for compensatory in 2021 here as the draft is, when is the draft? April 27th? April 28th? Yeah, it's always late April. It is April 29th, excuse me, a Thursday, April 29th till Saturday, May 1st. And there was a lot of uh, 30, 30 teams in person were at Wisconsin's Pro Day yesterday. The other two did Zoom. We'll talk to our guy, Zach Heilpern, our sports director, at 9 o'clock about that. Rashad Walagoose turning some heads. But the Packers, this is funny, man. Uh, they got a fourth, fifth, and sixth. With that fourth rounder, though, I said this at the 6 o'clock hour to start the show. I just had to bring it up again because it's funny. The Packers receive a fourth-round compensatory pick for losing former fourth-round compensatory pick Blake Martinez who was drafted with the fourth-round compensatory pick Green Bay received for losing former fourth-round compensatory pick Devon House. Hilarious. All right, but uh, I just had to bring that up. We'll talk more about that with Robbie. But around the NFL, Nelly, there are so many players, big names, getting cut from teams to save, obviously, money. It has been like a Wild West out there. Uh, what the Vikings just cut their captain? Yeah, Riley Reef. Riley Reef. They saved them eleven and a half million dollars. Who's uh? Who'd you have gone in sixty? Kevin Zeitler, former yeah. Badger, cut by the New York Giants. Zeitler was cut, and this is just as Nelly said, and we all know, just the beginning of uh, what's going down in the NFL. Yeah, you're gonna see a ton more just like this until probably March seventeenth. Yeah, it's gonna be nuts because March seventeenth, that's when it opens up for free agency. Um, Packers, Brian Gutekunst, the GM, saying that. They were going to be working on a long-term deal with Aaron Jones. Let's, Nelly, Aaron Jones is not going to be a Green Bay Packer. Is there people still holding out hope and faith of this? Yeah, and you know who I think one of them is? Brian Gutekunst. (laughs) Because he's the one that still says they're actively trying to sign him. Yeah. Uh, I, I just clicked on right here. NFL 2021 franchise tag deadline winners and losers. The first name on the list of winners, Aaron Jones. No take from Green Bay, no problem. Jones probably wouldn't mind striking a long-term deal to be a, quote, Packer for life, as he's talked about, but his leverage now goes up with free agency looming. If he gets free, he'll cash in as the clear-cut top unside running back. And then the last sentence they have here is a question. 
Can't you just envision the Dolphins jersey now on Aaron Jones? That's all I hear and read about is Aaron Jones being a Dolphin. All I hear and read about because they well, have a ton of caps. He might not be a Dolphin, but the odds that he's going to be a Packer is just so astronomically low. Yeah, it's not happening. It's not happening. I, you I, just can't. You just can't do it. As much as you want to do it, as much as you love the player, both on and off the field, you just can't do it financially. No, it just doesn't make sense for the Packers organization and going forward with the salary cap in the future. No, another winner they say here is Kenny Galladay. The Lions aren't going to put up a fight. They say at least officially to prevent him from testing free agency. Galladay will be able to sign wherever he wants. With uh, Godwin being tagged from the Bucks and Robinson, Allen Robinson tagged by the Bears. Uh, he's due to lead the 2021 receiver market. Do the Packers have money to get Kenny Galladay? I mean, would it even be a – I think they probably are – I think I saw what uh, – I think it was Patrick Peterson linked to the Packers instead well, of uh, any offensive weapons. If you have the money, like Brian Gutekunst keeps saying, like they're actively still trying to sign Aaron Jones. Yeah. If you have the money to still be in the hunt for Aaron Jones, in theory you have the money – to pay for Kenny Galladay True. or to pay for Allen Robinson. It's just, what do you want to do? Who are you prior- prioritizing? Yeah, let's see here. Our guy Manimal says there are a lot of decent players hitting free agency, but not a lot of uh, teams with room to sign. Yeah, the Packers still got to get down. They're they're now, what, nine mil still? Nine and, was it nine and a half? Nine yeah, point eight? Nine, nine four. Nine four over the cap with the new um, cap coming out here. And then here, I love this because we're going to look around the NFC North here. Losers for uh, franchise tag. Losers. This makes me chuckle. The first loser is Allen Robinson. Now the Bears wide receiver was tagged. I love this little uh, paragraph on him. Have you ever been trapped in the city of Chicago (laughs) and or with an undesirable quarterback situation? If you can, then you can relate with Allen Robinson. A-Rob would have had a dozen aggressive suitors had he hit the open market. Now he might be in for a game of hardball with a desperate Bears front office that doesn't want to let his number one wideout walk but has failed to give him a long-term deal for months. Don't rule out a future trade for the Bears and Allen Robinson. Wow. So the first loser, Allen Robinson, I love it. Have you ever been trapped in the city of Chicago? <laughs> Because A-Rob is trapped. Remember earlier last year, he deleted all of the pictures he had on social media of him wearing a Bears uniform and deleted his bio of anything saying that he was ever a Chicago Bear. Like, and they franchise tagged him. He's got to be so pissed that he's there. I don't know if I really feel that bad for him. I mean, I I don't feel bad for him. He's making tons of money. If you look at it one step for the bigger picture, I feel like probably most uh, citizens in the city of Chicago felt trapped there for probably the whole summer. No, there's no doubt about that, Rowdy. I mean, he's making millions. So I don't, don't don't get it twisted like I feel bad for him personally. I'm like, for the situation of the NFL, sure, I'd be like, I still don't feel bad for him even as a player. He chose to sign there. Yeah, he he did. He he spurned everyone else. for him. And... He could, because remember yeah, the, that's Packer, a good point. the Packers were in on him. He could have played for the Packers, and he said, "No, I'm going to the Chicago for." He took more a money. little bit more money, but yeah, he went and played. He made that decision. You live with the decisions you make, whether they're good or bad. That's 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 a good point, Rowdy. But speaking of Allen Robinson, and right now the undesirable quarterback situation as what Nick Foles is their starter right now. Um. Is Tyler Bray their backup still? It does, I mean, when doesn't, Allen doesn't Robinson matter. signed with them, he knew that the quarterback was situation Mitch was Mitch Trubisky. Yep. 
So check this out, though. 2021 NFL free agency matchmaking. The first headline, or the headline is, there's two. Packers make Super Bowl move, and the Bears counter by rattling the entire league. And they break it down right here for the NFC North. As the Russell Wilson rumors continue to heat up for Chicago. First, well, earlier this week, we had Russell Wilson not being included in the season ticket holder uh, pamphlet letter. It was, it was even their new run game of uh, coordinator. Not even Russ was on there. They say right here, Russell Wilson's market value at annual, $46.4 million, age 32, his current team Seahawks, obviously. They say the longer this situation draws out in Seattle, the more it feels like once seemed impossible becomes anything but as Wilson's agent listed the Cowboys, the Raiders, the Saints, and the Bears as the only four teams that he would play for. Well, take the Cowboys off the list. They signed Dak. The Bears are the only ones truly set to make a passionate run at Russell Wilson. It's now reported that's exactly what Chicago plans to do or, or already exa- has begun doing. It's exactly what Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy should do. Mm-hmm. If you're in their position, you've basically been told, because you sat in on the, the little presser. Oh, it's terrible. It's hilariously terrible. They're basically told they don't know how long this contract is. They basically signed him for one year, and it's a, it's a prove it, figure it out. They won 12 games three years ago, and now they've had back-to-back eight and eight seasons. And it's it's basically a win now, or or we're getting ready and we're finding someone else. So if you're Ryan Pace or Matt Nagy, you have to put all oh, your yeah. chips in on the table because if you don't, you're gone. Yeah, you have to. What are you going to do if you're like the 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 president of the Bears would not? Because I was watching this, I'm a glutton for punishment. Well, I also like a good comedy, and the Chicago Bears are my favorite favorite sitcom on TV. And I'm watching this press conference, laughing. I'm just laughing my ass off, laughing. And the reporters that said, like, okay, you guys are bringing back Ryan Pace, the GM, and the head coach, Matt Nagy. Like, what's the contract situation like? They would not say what it was. They're like, well, that's kind of just for us to know. And everyone's like, mouse at the ground. They're like, are you serious? Like, you won't tell us how long they're going to be around for? So if you're Matt Nagy, the coach, you're Ryan Pace, the GM, your back's against the wall. Your careers are on the line. Are you really going to trot out Nick Foles? Are you really going to, as it's been reported, that they might kick the tires again on Mitch Trubisky? Are you really going to do that if your job is on the line, Rowdy? You're going to try everything possible to land Mr. Unlimited, a.k.a. Russell Wilson, to be your quarterback. And it's the funniest thing ever because they can trade draft picks in the future. Now you can only, I believe it's you can only trade three first-round draft picks Mm -hmm. at a time in in the future picks. Yeah. If you're Ryan Pace and you're Matt Nagy, why wouldn't you say, you know what, this is a, a top five quarterback in Russell Wilson. He wants to come play here. We made his list. We don't have a quarterback. We've been known to make some asinine trades before. We, look at us with our Mitch Trubisky. Look at us with our Khalil Mack. I have to take a chance to land this quarterback or else our team's going to be 8-8 eight and eight or in that range yet again. <laughs> Why not trade some more future first rounders? Because guess what? If I do fail, it's not my yeah. team to rebuild. Yeah. I don't care like, about the first rounders. No matter what, like, okay, if they don't do anything and sick of Nick Foles, you're going to get fired because you're going to go like eight and eight, nine and seven, maybe squeak into the playoffs. Maybe. Hell, they might even be six and 10. Maybe. So if you stick with Nick Foles, you'll be fired. <laughs> and if, you not- go, <laughs> if you go get Russell Wilson and it fails, well, you, you might be fired, but you might prolong your career a little bit. But yeah, Rowdy, you, not, they have to even. do something. If if you went out and got and got Russell Wilson and it still failed, 
you don't have to worry about cleaning the mess up. You're done. Yeah, you're done. You're it doesn't matter. You that's someone else's problem then. So let's see. And here. you can say at least I tried. I brought in a top quarterback. Yeah, at least would you would you rather do lay down and just die or go out guns blazing? Empty the clip. Empty the clip. I'm going out guns blazing until I hear click click click. They say right here. Uh, I'd love to be. I honestly, I would. Right now, I would love to be Ryan Pace because you have your back against the wall and you can pretty yeah. much do anything. And and your reasoning for doing anything is, well, if we don't try something, I'm fired. Yeah, you're like a wounded animal. And you, you're just like either it's fight or flight. And what are they going to do? Well, if if I'm in the position of Nagy or Pace, I'm fighting. Yeah, and if you don't do anything, you're going to be canned anyways because your team's just not good enough. So I said, hoping to pry Seattle or uh, sorry, hoping to pry Russ away from Seattle in exchange of what would have to be a blockbuster haul. Well, yeah. I mean, Russ has said that he is unhappy in Seattle. Hell, they're not even, they're playing this like, this little ticky tack, uh, like some lover scorn. Like, well, well, I tell you, post on Facebook this uh, vague status. So I'm going to go release a season ticket holder letter if you're not going to be on it. So take that. you, You cross off the Cowboys. Obviously, we talked about the Bears. The Saints. They talk about Taysom Hill. They talk about bringing back Jameis Winston. You talk about how far under or over the cap they currently are. Bringing in a, a Russell Wilson contract is only going to hurt that. You could pretty much cross them off the list for those multiple reasons. We'll cross them off the list then. It's going to be – this keeps heating up more and more every week of Russell Wilson coming to the NFC North, to the Bears, obviously. It'll be a haul, though. They say, as with the other NFC teams on this list – the Bears have more than one need to resolve this offseason, but none of those voids are as uh, as bad as the one that exists at quarterback. Until that's fixed, it may not matter what else they patch up, and Wilson is the answer they both yep. desperately want and desperately need. There were the two guys that made me nervous if the Bears acquired, and it was Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson. Yep, and Tex- the Texans apparently aren't even picking up their phone for uh, dealing Deshaun Watson. They're letting it all go to voicemail. Russell Wilson has come up to say, I will play for the Bears. And Seattle's like, oh, yeah? Well, guess what we're going to do? We're not going to include you in our season ticket pamphlet. How about that, Russ? Russell Wilson, here's the thing that confuses me. Russell Wilson says he wants to say in more of the personnel because he's sick of getting you know, put on his ass. He's sick of getting sacked because of the line so atrocious in Seattle. Rowdy, the Chicago Bears signed Jason Spriggs. Remember Jason Spriggs for the Green Bay Packers? It was atrocious. That's a starter in Chicago. The Bears line is terrible. What's Russell, Russell Wilson going to be running for his life again? Yeah, what's new? <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. But Russell Wilson is a habitual winner. I am nervous. This, 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 this makes me a little nervous. See, but there's something about Don and that navy and orange. If you put on that navy and orange, all of a sudden you just have an affinity of throwing the ball to people on defense wearing green and gold. I think that's just because they just weren't good. <laughs> like, Jay Cutler had all the talent in the world, but he just didn't care. Yeah, he's too busy smoking his Marbreds, his Cowboy Killers. Thinking about Chris and Cavallari and how they can go you know, go away to some like uh, tropical vacation. I love me some Cuddy. Should be in the Packers. Aren't ring they of divorced? Yeah, they're di- no, they got, I think they got back together. I don't keep up on that stuff. And I know when it comes to if there was one last article I wanted to read before I kicked the bucket... Or one last article I wanted to read before the Packers kicked off. It'd be from my guy from Forbes.com, Rob Reichel. Robbie, what's up, dude? How you doing, buddy? I'm, t- I'm on- Rob, I'm on cloud nine that you're on these airwaves now. How are you doing? <laughs> uh, I am wonderful. Let, let me let me just say my, my last second shot goes to Sam Decker. Sam Decker? 2014 Sam Decker? 
or 2015. I mean, who hit more big time <laughs> shots on the way to the title game than Decker? I mean, he owned Arizona. Yeah, dude, um, you're right. Three after three after three after three. I mean, who who made all the clutch plays in the last two minutes of that win against Kentucky? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, give me Sam Decker, man. No, nobody ever did it in, in you know. I guess we can go back to that 41 championship team, but but since then, guys, no. no Nobody made more big shots in huge, huge games than Sam Decker did, right? He is a beast, Robbie. Hey, before we dive into this Packers chatter, I know there's a soft spot in your heart for uh, Wisconsin basketball, obviously. Uh, Big Ten tournament tonight. Uh, after that Iowa loss, that fiasco, first of all, Bo Borowski and that ref crew, m- mostly Bo Borowski and Gardo's comments, what did you think about all that, Rob? Well, I... I- Normally, I'm not big on whining about officiating and, and, and referees and things like that, but, but I 100% respected what Gard did that night. I, I, think, I think it had to be done. He had to protect his kid. His, his kid is getting absolutely, you know, murdered and, bur- you know, tortured by, the, by these officials with, with some of these calls, and Bucky's paying the price, obviously. Yes. You know, he, he, he's, being, <clears throat> he, you know he's being penalized for past sins, um, that have nothing to do with what's going on, you know, today on the court and stuff like that. It, 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 yeah, these are reputation calls, clearly. And, oh, yeah. and, 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 I mean, something had to be said, something had to be done. It, it was, you know, probably the most enraged I've ever seen guard. And, um, you know, guys, I'm, I'm hoping it gives them a jump start heading Same. into tonight and, and probably in that rematch tomorrow then with Iowa. All right, Rob. We'll, we'll see what happens at the Big Ten tournament tonight for the Badgers starting at 8 o'clock. Jeez. But, yeah, I, th- I think it's a big rallying cry, a big spark. Uh, for this team, hopefully. And Bo Borowski, tisk tisk tisk. All right, Robbie, what you're the best at? You're like the Sam Decker of uh, you know hitting big stories here. Wisconsin, or I'm sorry, Green Bay Packers. Rob, can we all come to the conclusion here that Aaron Jones is not going to be a Green Bay Packer? Like Brian Gudukun says, are maybe going to work out a long term deal. Do you even see this happening? No, I, I I think he's you know as good as gone at this point, Debo. When they didn't take him. And when they couldn't get a deal done, you know, be, before, um, you know, before, before the deadline was due on, on the tags, you know, now we've got a couple of days next week that's technically called the legal tampering period. And then the new league year starts on the 17th, which will be next Wednesday. So theoretically, Evo, I mean, they do have six more days to get this done. But, but Evo, if they really wanted to get this done, it would have got done at some point during the season or certainly since then. In this in this time where they've had to negotiate with him, if they really wanted him in town still, they would have tagged him for one year at a pretty reasonable rate of about eight million dollars uh, to keep him in town. Evo, it's one of the greatest head scratchers to me that I can remember in you know thirty forty years of this team, and certainly the twenty years that I've that I've covered them. Uh, you know, we're, we're talking about one of the five best players on the roster. We're talking about one of the four or five best running backs in the league. You've, you've had him on the cheap for the last four years as a fifth-round draft pick. Um, you know, to, to say now all of a sudden, you know, the, the budget doesn't line up with keeping one of your best players um, in town, it's, it, it's absolutely moronic. I mean, we're talking a guy, Evo, <laughs> the last two years with, what, 3,000 total yards, 30 touchdowns. I, I, I mean, think about that. It, Green Bay running backs just don't do that. He, he's easily their best running back since Amon Green. He might be better than Amon Green was um you know and 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 green then and jones are probably the best two running backs they've had you know dating back to to the glory years of lombardi you know with 
you know, with the Jimmy Taylors of the world. So, Evo, it, it, it makes absolutely no sense to me. If you want to chase Tampa as, as the gold standard now, and, and, and you've got to find a way this offseason to catch a team like Tampa, and in addition to that, stay ahead of the Rams who have added Stafford, right, or stay ahead of the Saints or the, the Cardinals or Sue added Watt and Seattle and oh, whatever, the, the rest of the NFC, you, you, you can't let one of your five best players walk out the door for absolutely nothing. And and that's what they're going to do. Yep. And they're going to turn this thing over to Dylan, I think, next year and draft a young guy to, to pair with so him. So no Jamal Williams either? I'd be shocked. I think he's just too similar of a player at the end of the day to what Dylan is. And I, I think they're going to hammer away 300 times next season with Dylan and, and try to pair him up with kind of a smaller scat back. I I'm fully of the belief that the best backfield, the best running back tandem in the league next year by a mile would have been an Aaron Jones-Dillon combination because we we saw in that Tennessee game late in the season what what A.J. Dillon can and and potentially will be for Green Bay. And and they used a second-round pick on him, and, and, you know, justifiably they want to see what he is. But Aaron Jones, we know this. He, you know, he's gonna he's gonna bust one every single week at some point in time. It's a matter of when, right? And if you can limit his carries to about two hundred or so during the regular season, have him fresh for the postseason. I mean, Evo, he's the second best wide receiver on the team. He's a three down back. He's great in pass pro. Um, he's as good of a guy as they have in that locker room from a leadership standpoint. Twenty six years old. I mean, he's in the prime of his life. If you're not going to pay or keep a guy like that, who the hell are you going to keep? <laughs> oh, Rob Bryce. It's, it's, it's astronomically moronic to me, Evo. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I I, I agree with you completely. Rob Bryce is joining us right now from Forbes.com. Follow him on Twitter at Rob Bryce. So, Rob, what what is the move for the Packers then? I mean, the new salary cap is out. The Packers are, what, like over $9 million over the cap. Like, what what's next for the Packers? Well, they've got a few different options here, obviously, Evo. You know, either restructure or to cut. Um, the main guys clearly that they would want to go ahead and restructure, and I won't bore all the listeners with the details. You know, Aaron Rodgers is about $38 million against the cap next year, Evo. Zadarius Smith is $21.5 against the cap. Um, they could kick the can down the road on those two guys and, and have them around maybe longer theoretically than they would want to by pushing some of that money deeper and back into that contract, they could probably take Rodgers from, you know, Evo, let's say 30, 38 million to 28. And they could take Zadarius from say 21 to 14. And that solves all their cap issues right there. You know, they could make a couple of cuts too, Evo. Preston Smith is clearly the guy that, that I've had circled from the start, either cut restructure or trade. Uh, Dean Lowry is in that mix. Preston Smith, if he's gone tomorrow, Evo, or today, saves the $8 million. Dean Lowry's going to save you about four. So right there, you get under the cap by getting rid of those two guys. You pick up $12 million of, of cap space. Um, you know, so th- th- they will clearly, I mean, they're, they're going to have to, we will obviously find a way to get under the cap. Um, and they're going to have to go with some of their better players. Their top five guys on the roster, Evo, um, who are who are Rodgers, Darius, Devontae, Preston, Smith, and Bakhtiari, those five guys account for 55% of their salary cap for oh. next year. Evo, their top 10 guys account for 75% of the cap. So right now, they, you know, only your top 51 count against the cap. They've got to squeeze then 40 guys into 25% of the cap room. So they're going to have to clearly do something with the big dollar guys up top. Um, 
it's not going to be enough to bring back Aaron Jones. It's not going to be enough then to bring back Corey Lindsley. I don't know when it's all said and done, Evo, if it's going to be enough for them to go out and pick up you know, a couple of veterans on the street that can potentially help them next year, or if Gutekunst is going to try to reload this thing through the draft. The, the narrative I think that we're trending toward, though, Evo, is, you know, you heard it all last offseason. They did not give Aaron Rodgers enough help. And, and the way this thing is starting out, I could see a repeat of that. You're, you, you would have the exact same narrative here in the 2021 offseason, that they're just not going to give Aaron Rodgers enough help. Rob, what's the definition of insanity, man? Come on. Like, what? Uh, all right, so I'm looking I mean, here. Yeah, I just. I mean, Evo, Evo I mean, and I think the fan base would be fine if, you know, at, at some point you just said, screw it, we're going to go for it, right? And you, you, you've, you've got a quarterback who's going to turn 38 this season. You know, um, it's. At some point in time, you put all your chips in the middle and you go for it. And if that means you're six and ten in 2025, oh well, right? Right. If you make a run at a championship and and certainly win a championship, I think any fan anywhere, you know, would trade a title tomorrow for some, you know, for a couple of down years, three, four years down the road. And right. and I kind of thought that was the path Green Bay was going to take here. I, I anticipated they were going to take Jones. You know, I, I was wrong on that, and now now it's a head scratcher exactly where they're going uh, the rest of this off season. So, Rob, I mean, you got a pulse on the on the cheese heads, the Packer Nation, right? Let's say uh, the brass would come out to be like, all right, uh, we looked into our crystal ball, and in the year of twenty twenty two, we're going to go six and ten, but in twenty twenty one, we'll win the Super Bowl. Are you guys okay with that? I, wouldn't everyone say, okay, sounds good to me? I I think they all would, and and that's been the problem. You know, for 15 years in Green Bay, they're they're one of the more conservative teams in the NFL. They they never put the chips in the middle and just go for it, right? They they kind of continue on this, this this same path of you know the, the whole safe conservative approach to how they you know structured and built and you know continue to uh, mold their football team. You know, Doug Melvin never won a World Series in Milwaukee. Evo, but but I like the fact on two or three occasions he just went for it, right? And, right. and he knew that he knew there were going to be some ramifications a couple of years down the road, and the fan base knew that too. And the fan base didn't care, right? You you came extremely close a couple of different times getting to the NLCS. Um, I mean that that that's rare rarefied air for the Brewers. Um, they didn't quite make it, but I think the fan base totally respected a guy like Melvin who went all in and, and, and tried to get that done. And I I think we'd have the exact same thing with Gutekunst if he would go all in here and let's, let's just say he would have found a way to sign JJ Watt, take Aaron Jones, right. Land another free agent or two here before they all, everything is said and done and cleared out some of the higher salaries that I, I think a lot of us agree, maybe don't need to be on, on this roster, but I don't think they're going that way. Well, they've got the 10 draft picks. I think they're going to count on three or four of those guys to play and contribute right away. And, and if that's the approach, Evo, and if that's the model that they wind up taking, it's going to be a really hard way to catch a team like Tampa Bay and stay ahead of the rest of the conference. Oh my God. So, Rob, when I see it, like I'm looking at CBSSports.com right here, and they're like, oh, the big free agency tracker. They're linking Patrick Peterson to uh, the Green Bay Packers. Like, they need to have a serious uh, considered look at the future Hall of Famer in the mix to do whatever they need to do. And then they bring up the name of Charles Woodson. Remember him? What? <laughs> His market value is ten point four million dollars. <laughs> what do we think about the thirty going to be thirty one year old Patrick Peterson that CBS Sports is linking the Packers to? Yeah, I think there's going to be much better deals on the market than that. No, I I don't see them 
spending that level of money on a player who, you know, is into his early 30s, you're probably going to overpay just because of the name, yeah. you know, much like a Richard Sherman type of a, a signing, which I know they've, you know, been linked to as well. I mean, Evo, think back over the last five years, right? How many, how many times have the Packers been linked to somebody and actually gone ahead and signed that player, right? I mean, this, this is all internet fodder. It's clickbait. I, I, think, I think it's largely nonsense. I, I think what Brian Gutekunst will do come June is, is, he'll, is he'll have a handful. You know, he'll, he'll have five to ten million he'll have to play with under the salary cap. And, you know, it, it's going to be a depressed market where he's going to go out and, you know, find a couple of guys on the cheap that he can, you know, that, that he can bring back. Heck, Kevin King could be one of those guys, for <laughs> you know, for God's sakes. Now, I, I don't think that's ha- going to happen, but, I mean, a guy like that, could be sitting out there in June as, as the first and second wave of free agency kind of leave him in the dust. Um, but somebody is going to get Peterson some money, Evo. And, 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 you know, I would argue if Green Bay is going to pay somebody $10 million, pay Aaron Jones, right? Oh, my God, pay Corey, I know. Pay Corey Lindsley. I mean, pay the proven commodities, the guys that, you know, were, were fifth-round draft picks for you and, and you've had on the cheap all these years and now deserve the contract and, and you're telling him it doesn't work, you know, financially and inside your budget. So no, Evo, I, I don't, I don't particularly see Peterson being a a guy they would pursue. Rob, are you telling me and, and, and a real natural fit in Green Bay? Are you telling me you don't want to give ten million dollars to a corner that's on the wrong side of thirty and his best years <laughs> were like two thousand and sixteen? <laughs> Yeah, no, no sarcasm in your voice there, right now. None, none. Uh, Rob, okay, so are the Packers going to say this? Hey, we made a move. What are you talking about? We had Devin Funches come back at a cheaper deal. That was what we did. We got Rogers' help. Is this going to be what they're going to sell us on? Then just like you said, go focus on the draft. Well, they've had years like that, Evo. I mean, how many years did Ted Thompson just absolutely ignore free agency, right? The overwhelming majority of them. Now, I, I, I do think Brian Gutekunst is certainly more aggressive than his, than his predecessor was. But Okay, um, well, real quick, real quick. Let me ask you, but, is but, Brian Gutekunst but, more but, aggressive you know, at picking up the phone and making a call and it never coming to fruition? I'm sorry, say that again? Is Brian Gutekunst more aggressive in the sense that he'll pick up a phone and leave a voicemail where Ted just wouldn't do that and then never do anything? It, it, it's starting to look like it. Although, I mean, let, let's not forget. Two years ago, you know, right around this time in March, he completely reshaped the the roster and really the success of the franchise. By let, let's be honest, he went four for four in free agency for the most part, or at least at least three and a half out of four. Right when he signed the two Smiths, he signed Amos and he signed Billy Turner. All of those are looking like pretty good contracts right now, except probably Preston Smith. You can flip a coin. He had one outstanding year. And he was, you know, he's very mediocre this particular year. So, there, you know, he's, he's had to pick his times, Evo, based on where he sits salary cap-wise. But then you look at a team like the New Orleans Saints, who just a few days ago were $70 million over the cap, and yet they're finding ways to keep a lot of the key players that they want. Now, they're cutting a couple of guys along the way, too. I saw they cut Janoris Jenkins and Emmanuel Sanders and, and people like that. But really their key components, they're, they're keeping by restructuring some contracts kind of up top. And, and that comes back to the whole issue, though. You know, if, if they go and redo Rodgers, if they go and redo Zedarius Smith, um, if they give even now Devontae Adams a long-term deal, another deal, they're kicking a lot of that money, you know, they're kicking the can down the street, in essence, Ebo, and, and they're going to pay on those contracts, you know, three, four, five years down the road. You know, I'm sure they're asking themselves, is Aaron Rodgers even part of the franchise, right, in 2023, 2024? 
that do we see Zadarius Smith still being a key piece four years down the road where we owe him twenty million dollars? Um, you know, you're 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 sacrificing the future for today. But again, I, I think this team is so close with back-to-back NFC championships, Evo, and a piece here and a piece there, and you retain your key elements. Um, you can pass Tampa Bay this offseason. You can stay ahead of the rest of the, the conference. You can you can put yourself on a par with the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, the way it looks right now, Evo, they're not going to do that. And, and I know that's really frustrating for Packer Nation. Uh, Rob, I love having you on these airways, man. You're always just a, uh, a fountain of knowledge when it comes to the Packers. Even though, even though it upsets me, it's not you, right? It's it's Brian Gutekunst and the brass. Like, I would have franchise-tagged Aaron Jones. $8 million to have, like, I don't know, one of the best players in the league stay with your team for a year? I think that would have been a no-brainer. But here we are, right? I just I, I I'm with Evo. I thought it was a no-brainer too. The you know the the price the tag on running backs is so low, it's so cheap because teams won't pay running backs anymore for the most part. So you could have got one year out of Aaron Jones at a steal to me, and and they elected obviously not to. Robbie, like Led Zeppelin's playing, Brian Gutekunst and the Packers brass leaves me dazed and confused sometimes, man. We appreciate your time. We'll check your work out at Forbes.com. We'll check it out at Twitter at Rob Reichel. And before I let you go, Robbie. Badger basketball. How far do they make it in the Big Ten tournament? How far do they go in March Madness? What do you say, Rob Reichel? All the way? Well, I'll have a prediction on March Madness next week when we see the bracket. Beautiful. I, 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 I'm a big believer that that Iowa game is going to rally them, and I, I think they're going to make the Big Ten title game. You both. Love it, Robbie. We'll end on a high note, baby. We'll talk to you next go week. Go Bucky. Go Bucky. See you, Rob. There right, he guys. is. There he is, Rob Reichel, my man. Zach Heilprin here in studio with us. Today could not get any better. My day has now peaked, Zach Heilprin, well, with first, you in here. Yeah, first time in the office since March 11th, 2020. It's, it's, it's good to be back. Yeah, how about that? On this day in history, today's the day the NBA shut it down. I was going through tweets from last year at this time, and uh, the one of my tweets was, uh, the Big Ten tournament says it will go on as planned. <laughs> and then, and so then <laughs> Na- on March 12th... <laughs> narrator, it did not. That's when Fred Hoiberg looked like he was going to die on the sidelines as he was coaching Nebraska. It turned out he had influenza A, but the optics were just Oof. terrible. Yes. Was it? Was that? I thought that was today. Uh, we no, tr- he was sick last night and a year ago. Oh, last night because they, they gave him the 14 point, point lead. lead. We were trying to figure out the timeline because the NBA shut down, and then I think the day after the NBA shut well, down, on NBA 12th, canceled a couple games on the 11th, and then that was the Thursday was when a lot more tournaments continued to play, and then our timeline could be off. It doesn't matter, but it's 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 off been, by 24 hours if not. It's been a year since uh, I think this all hit us pretty hard. Yeah, because uh, this a year ago this was when they had the last year's pro day was on this day. And uh, that's a la- that was the last in-person Wisconsin event that I covered until October when they played in Illinois. <laughs> so wild. So the Bucks are back in action tonight after the All-Star break is over now. Correct. But a year ago today, I'm looking on Facebook on the stay in history. I said, I hereby declare the team with the NBA's best record, the Milwaukee Bucks, the champions of the 2019-2020 season. Because that's the NBA shut down. It's unfortunate they didn't listen to you. Yeah, because then they went to the bubble and... <sighs> Kind of uh, did not do so well on the court. Yes. And then I said also one last meal before the coronavirus either shuts us down, shuts down everything, and or takes us all out. Yeah. And, and you, well, I was right about the we, uh, shutting down everything. And we all thought, you know, 30 days, 60 days, be all good. Well, in how many days, Rowdy, in five days? Is it the year anniversary of 15 days of slowest spread? Yep. I w- so I don't tweet that much media stuff. I found the <laughs> tweet that I had for yep. uh, the yeah. last spring training game. You're more into conspiracy stuff. Three twelve twenty. Three twelve. That's when Vlad Jr. hit a bomb, and then baseball spring training was 
All right, so Zach. Before thankfully, thankfully, like we're good to go. Lights at the end of the tunnel. You can see the light at the end of the tunnel here. I mean, everything's trending really good in the right direction, which is awesome to see. uh, Obviously, so Zach, before we dive into the Big Ten tournament and Wisconsin's pro day yesterday. By the way, I look very good in gray. I like the gray on you today, Uh, Zach. You can't see his radio. What? You look very handsome today. I'm just, I'm, I'm, yeah. Go ahead. Usually, I get you on the phone. I don't I, never get to see. Yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. No, it's all good. It's just, uh, it's, it's weird. You and you Grant, don't like compliments. You and Grant Bilsey have have a very similar interview style. Well, Grant tries to you know be like me, but there's only one me. I'm that one in one million. Yeah, I'm just saying. You guys Grant's have, just another brick in the wall. It's, it's like you guys share the same brain. I am not a track and a cross country runner, Zach. No? I mean, I saw your tweet you were, to Grant yesterday. You, you were a much more. Physical I was, and I was a physical specimen playing soccer. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't on the sidelines watching like the haters no. are. I think yeah. that was like the first time a soccer player has ever been called a physical specimen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely. Uh, yes. Yeah, so ask uh, Rowdy about his high school prowess. I don't want to. Where you don't have that's going to take the rest of the show, and I have no time. You'll for get it. concussion stories. All right. Yeah. So Zach, when it comes and to and you'll hear the same stories over and over and over and over. Oh yeah, because it's of endless. The, because of the concussions. Yeah, it's just it's just it's like a it's a loop. It's yes. an endless. See, I never loop. bring them up. It's obviously the other people that bring them up. Mm, of course. Yeah, sure. All right, so Zach, we had a Twitter question inspired Case by in point. Inspired by Rowdy over here, who very few and far between inspires something. But he did say, <laughs> "Who would be the all-time Wisconsin Badger basketball player that you would choose to take the final shot in a game?" I said Bronson Koenig. Rowdy said Jordan Taylor. Who would you say? I think there's so many good choices. I was thinking about this on the way in and. Bronson Kating makes plenty of sense. Like, what shot do we need? Do we need that's the thing? So when I visualized three? it, when do we I, need a three? Do we need a two? Is the game tied? Like, wh- what are we doing? When here? I visualized it, it was a game winner from beyond the arc. Like that's what that's what you're that's, envisioning. That's what was my first in, well, and well, and, and, and that usually makes sense because, and that's probably why you went straight to Bronson Kating. Yeah, because with the you know obviously the biggest shot of his career was the fadeaway three to beat Xavier in the tournament. Mm-hmm. Bronson's a great choice. That's not even his like his. That's not even the shot that he's really known for. Like his shot in his career, yes, but like the type of shot that he would take. Like if I'm thinking game winner from him, I'm thinking the top of the key driving pullback or uh, step back jumper just from inside the three point line. The guy never missed that shot. Like it was uh, it was money almost every time he put it up. So that's the kind of shot that I would think from him. Jordan Taylor makes sense. I know nobody was a huge fan of him by the time of his end of his career, but Trayvon Jackson hit so many big shots. Now, was he Mr. So big many, Shot, or was yes. that yeah, yeah Mr. Big but, Shot? Yes, he was. Everyone remembers the one that he missed in the Final Four, right? The one, yep. the one against Kentucky. But I, he hit so many big winners and, and game winners, even that season. I remember the one against Michigan State. Jordan Taylor makes plenty of sense. I only saw one person mention it on Twitter: Devin Harris. Well, De- Devin Harris, oh, dude. of guys that can get their own shot. He, at least in the last 20 years, he's the guy that I would pick to get that last shot, to get an open shot, or get somebody else an open shot. We all remember him Freddie Owen, finding Freddie Owens in yeah. the corner for three. Like I think so, someone even said Freddie Owens on a... I think there was like I, they one, did, maybe They one did two. as well. Freddie Owens, he would not be my choice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's that being said, like I, I do think that Devin Harris getting his own shot better than anybody else in the last 20-some-odd years. Yeah, I mean, in the NBA – I mean, I know we're talking Wisconsin specifically, but the NBA career of Devin Harris, too, was absolutely phenomenal. I mean, the, the longevity yeah. was there for him. So, Zach, sure. speaking of shooting the ball. Shooting. Something that Wisconsin basketball this year has struggled with uh, in, the last part, in the last part of the season. Now, he, there is this. 
In the second half against Iowa, they yeah. actually looked not take Bolborowski and the fouls and everything out of it, but Wisconsin itself looked pretty good in the second half against Iowa. Correct? Shooting like, the ball, yeah. Offensively, they look good. Is that a a launching pad? And the comments from Greg Gard to give him a spark moving into the Big Ten tournament when they'll take on Penn State now tonight at eight o'clock. I think you would rather be going in on a. 10-game winning streak and feeling great about yourself and, and shooting 40% from three or even an eight-game winning streak and shooting 40% from three like they did all of last year or I should say in the last eight games of last year. I, I think you'd rather be in that that team at yes. this point, right? Yes. But for a team that struggled down the stretch, losing five of six and three straight, the second half was about as good as you could probably have hoped in terms of offense, right? They, mm-hmm. they, they got it done offensively. Uh, Micah Potter has shot it re- – pretty well the last four games. Demetri Trice came on late in that game. But I think the fact that they got all those open shots means the offense is working. And the same thing happened against Purdue. They had a bunch of open shots. They didn't hit them. They had a bunch of open shots. <laughs> and the same thing, you know, in the first half against Iowa. They are good shooters. I know nobody wants to hear that. No, I mean, they've proven no, it no before. One wants, no one wants to hear that at all. But they do have good shooters. And that has to give you at least a little bit of hope. Well, we've seen tonight. we've seen it. That's the thing that we've seen it happen. Right. So and we know they can do we it. We know that. As for the Greg Gard part of it, yes, I think it did light a little bit of fire. People well, I heard well, Trice saying like, like yeah, they, they loved it. They loved it. I think Michael Trice, Potter said it too. Trice said he went up to Greg Gard and thanked him, like for doing that. And it wasn't even him. It was Brad Davison. Yeah. Who obviously uh, certainly appreciated as well. So I'm I, trying to think of all things that could be going into this. It's about as well as you could have hoped, considering they've lost five of six. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. That's the reality of the situation. Like that, they've Look lost this. five of six. That you can't unsee that. Two but ga- the shooting's been better. Right. Two games against Iowa. One against Michigan. One against Illinois. One against Purdue. Yeah, so that's a murderer's the, row. Who are those teams? Yeah, they're they're above them and they're good teams. So Zach, looking at this game tonight. Now Wisconsin did split with Penn State, and we were looking back at it uh, January thirtieth of that game. And it's not like Wisconsin, I mean, they shot 25% from three, and they had 21 personal fouls. Boborowski was in that game, by the way. Hmm. What, what, what was the reason why? Was it the turnovers? Because they doubled them up. Uh, they had 12 to Penn State, six. And it was, or just specifically the three-point shooting for Wisconsin? First of all, struggled rebounding the ball, but also struggled in transition. They could yeah. not get back at all, right? They could not get back, and, and Penn State put up 81 points on them. It was a horrible, horrible effort defensively. Two days later, they win. Three days later, I should say, they win, and they did all the things that they did horribly in that first game much, much better. Now, I'm looking here, and I loved your article at MadCitySportsOne.com, and I've tried to block this game out of my memory mm. because it's it literally set basketball back decades. Mm-hmm. Wisconsin, the last time that they met Penn State in the Big Ten tournament was 2011, where the final score, Wisconsin loses, 36 to 33. One of the ugliest games in tournament history. How? Like, how? Would they shoot from three point rowdy? 9%? Solid 9%. It wasn't good. There's no way Wisconsin will duplicate something like that tonight. <laughs> even no. with the shooting woes. No. No. No one on Penn State even scored into double digits. Yeah. Penn State's a better offensive, much better offensive team now than they were back then. So yeah. I, don't, I don't think either team's going to put 36 or 33 on the point. I think that they may reach that by halftime, but. Yeah, it was that game. I tried to block it out of my memory. Horrible, horrible game. One of the worst games that I can remember watching Wisconsin basketball. And, and I've watched a lot of bad Wisconsin basketball, especially tournament losses. Couldn't you say that's one of the worst basketball games ever to be played? 
It's up there. Right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> not even just Wisconsin history, just basketball history. You know, where Roy Williams said, like, the national title game between Wisconsin or the final four game between Wisconsin and Michigan State put basketball back. It was, you know, yeah. took big shots at that. He even thought that that Penn State Wisconsin game was worse. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Zach Halpern, our sports director, joining us right now. So I'm, uh, I'm expecting a win tonight for Wisconsin. Obviously, Nelly is even taking Wisconsin in the Razor's Edge. Ooh, favored by what, Rowdy? Five and you're a not, half. But you're not actually putting your actual money on that. We've won six in a row here. Are you actually putting money on that? Sure. I'll t- I'll, no, I'll no, get, not sure. Will are you putting money? Yeah, on I'll that? get. I'll have my buddy. I'll make him take a picture of the receipt, and I'll send you the receipt. Okay. He's got receipts his, only. He's got his guy in Dubuque that puts it. Oh, puts it in for him. So there you go. You got a buddy in Dubuque. So you always got to have a buddy. I know someone everywhere. Yeah. yeah you always mm-hmm. got to have a buddy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zach, all right, let's switch gears a little bit here. <laughs> uh, my buddy, Zach Halpern, joining us right now, our sports director. So yesterday for Wisconsin football was their pro day. Yes. Did I see 30 NFL teams were in attendance and the other two zoomed in? No, 30 were in attendance. The two others wanted film. Oh, they the, wanted the yes. film. They wanted the film of it. I was like, how would you zoom in? Is like someone like holding like right? an iPad or something, yeah. walking around. They sent out a bunch of clips afterwards. So, so the yeah. big star of the show was uh, Rashad Wild Goose. Rashad Wild Goose. The goose is loose. Four four one in the forty. For anybody that doesn't know football, <laughs> um, that's good for a cornerback. Only four corners, I think, uh, were better than that at the combine last year. Now, obviously, getting to do it in, getting to do it here. Yeah, at home is a little bit different than doing it down down there. Obviously, Quintez Sivas ran much faster here too. But four four one, really really good for him. And 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 a nice vertical and a nice uh, the three cone three shuttle. cone shuttle. All both those would have been in the top ten from from the combine last year among corners. So yeah, good day for him. Um, looking at Wisconsin, who else was down there? Uh, Eric Burrell, Dietzen. One of the yeah, one of the guys that I saw. I didn't scour over the numbers hardcore or anything, mm-hmm. but I thought uh, from what I glanced at, Mason Stocky looked like he had a decent day. It's a fullback. I know, but hey, they get drafted hey, too. Hey, fullbacks no, no, are... I'm, I'm saying it's a fullback. Like, how he tests and like that that type of stuff, not not a huge... I don't think it's huge there, right? Like, I mean, I've, you're looking for... Well, I'm not anticipating him who's drafted gonna, on a first, second day. Right, right. You're looking for a guy who's going to stick his nose in there and, and knock the hell out of the guy. Like, I don't know how much you're going to get out of that testing, but... Mason Stocky's going to be the next. Okay, my biggest question about Stocky is: Is he Matt Bernstein approved? I do not know that. Well, if he is, then he should be a shoe in for the first round in the NFL draft. I feel like Bernie's more (laughs) Bernie's more your guy, right? Like you're. uh, I mean, you 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 take the camp with him. What are you talking about? You guys have Mon more, so I don't know. Well, I'll get him on and be like, hey, you should I'll, ask I'll him. literally get him on and be like, is he I think he's Bernie approved. We've seen Bernstein shotgun him. Him right after he scored touchdown. I'm texting Bernstein right that's now. A, that's approved. He he approves of his own texts and tweets. And, <laughs> he likes his uh, own Facebook status. That's what I'm saying. He approves of his own stuff. Like He, he likes his own stuff. So I guarantee he's going to like Mason Stocky. I like Mason Stocky. I think he's, he's going to be in the next guy that sticks in the NFL, you know, with Alec Gold and Derek Watt and the rest of them. But, yeah. All right, I'm I mean, texting I, him right the now. The thing is, I'm saying the testing... I don't think it's a huge part of it, but you're right. He had a nice day. All right, I just said, Bernie, we're on air right now, and we want to know if Mason Stocky is Bernstein approved. Yay or nay? That's all I need. So the ball, the ball is now in in Bernie's court. So he his side of the court. So he will text me back, and we'll relay the message. So who do you think is gonna be the most successful of these guys? <laughs> it might be Mason Stocky. Who's gonna stick the longest? I think if I think if Cole Van Land, I say he's got to be a lineman, right? He's gonna get moved inside. I think. So he's going to move from. T- he played tackle much of it, most of his career at Wisconsin. Pretty much all, all of his career was at Wisconsin uh, at tackle. 
I think he gets moved inside the garden. I think he's a better – he might be a better fit. In that. Yeah, I mean, wasn't there a point in the NFL where um, – was it like three or four of the Badger linemen were all the highest paid? Yeah, now they all got cut. Yeah, I thought uh, Rowdy just brought it up earlier. Yeah, Rick Wagner getting cut from Wisconsin, from the Packers. Obviously, he, his deal at Detroit was the biggest. Kevin yeah. Zeitler uh, cut from the Frederick the retired. F- Frederick retired. You know who's going to take back over the title, though? Ryan Ramchek's getting his. Oh, yeah. He's going to get his new deal. It may not. I mean, the Saints probably want to restructure that, but they don't really have a ton of money to be able to do anything with. Uh, they've they've cut multiple people here, but yeah. Okay, we got I got two texts now. One from our resident booze hound, Aaron Knutson, says, uh, does the guy from Stoughton have a chance? Probably not. Crumholtz? Yes. We'll see. <laughs> That's the polite answer. And then Bernie texted me back and said, hell yeah. Yeah. So there it is. There's Bernie of going the, the hell yeah. So there you go. Bernstein has, says, Mesa Stocky is Bernie approved. Shocking. All right, Zach, speaking of the NFL, were you shocked that the Packers did not franchise tag Aaron Jones? Shocked? No. Slightly, a little bit surprised. But the only team in the last decade in the NFL not to use the franchise tag. Do you know what the last guy they used it on was? Pickett. Yeah. And that was 11 years ago, I think. It's 2010. So, yeah, they haven't, yeah. Used, it in, they haven't used it in 11 years, I want to say. Um, with the new numbers out, with uh, the cap, what are the Packers? Over $9 million over. One eighty. The, the cap for them is going to be 186 so, so they're about nine over. What do we? Th- I mean, could all they, they have to do, all to do to get under it right now is would be restructure Zadarius Smith. If they, and re- he, if they restructure or even get him an extension. And he tweeted out yesterday that he wants to be a Packer for life, which suggests that there's something going on there with them. Like they wouldn't have to do anything with Rogers whatsoever if they wanted to get under it. Yeah. Um, the hey, fa- the fact that they haven't done anything with Rogers. Well, what's your theory on that, Rowdy? They're never going to. That's what I'm saying. Like if they haven't done it yet, they approached him about it. What? In, Who's the one they, were, that can, they approached about him in Dece- December? No, no. Uh, in January, they approached him about it. The fact that it's still yeah. What, Who's the months, one that could free up potentially the most money? Rogers. It's Aaron Rodgers. Who's the first person you would talk to when you and are they talking have. about we're going in a certain direction? It'd be Aaron Rodgers. Well, no, I'm saying they have talked to him. They've asked him, and he he the, he's, he got engaged. He of course is he of course is open to it. I mean, he has to be open to it. He can't sit there and say that what he did after the game and then not be open to. Uh, a change or a restructure that would make it more likely that he would be here longer. But if they don't do anything, then it, <sighs> then it seems very, very likely that 21 would be his last year. Isn't that wild? Just to say that out loud. All right, so, Zach, before uh, we let you go, and we appreciate your time, there's something that I was reading about earlier this morning, and I chuckled to come full circle back to Badger basketball. I did see that the NCAA has released new guidelines for March Madness, and they said if you have, if you are – you know, get the infected with the virus. That as long as you have five healthy players, you can still play. Five healthy players, and they didn't even talk about if there was a coach was infected or not. <laughs> They're like player, coach, five healthy players, and playing is, the entire game. So, <laughs> and Rowdy, you brought up what the Minnesota? Yeah, it was Alabama. Minnesota, Alabama. You yeah, remember was, that game? Yeah, that was, was like, five on three. Yeah, yeah. If if not ideal. Just, hey, they almost won. Minnesota. No. Uh, Alabama. Who was the one that had three? Alabama? Yeah. Yeah. Those Both teams were ranked. I just had to chuckle myself. You had five healthy players that you're still good so, to go. So, who, like, who's running the point? Carter Higginbottom? Oh, my. That's, that's, we brought up those Higginbottom. And then he gets fouled. And he has and to he miss it in the air balls. The free if throw, that ever happens, this will be the razor's edge advice. Bet the other team. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Zach, Big Ten tournament, though, at the end of the day, we had a lot of people wondering if Wisconsin does, God forbid, lose tonight. Like, well, will they not even make the NCAA tournament? They're in. They're in. 
In fact, I, I think they've been going up in the Ken Palm rankings despite been losing. Just because it's, that's how good the Big Ten is. It's insane. The net rankings, Ken Palm rankings, they just they love the Big Ten this year. And, and luckily for Wisconsin, that's because 16 wins usually ain't going to get you in. So let's say they lose tonight. Worst case scenario. Then eight or nine? Nine seed, eight, nine seed? Yeah. <laughs> that's insane. All right, Zach. But, do, but if you're a one seed, do you want to see him? If I have a good big man. If yeah, they're losing their way in, yeah. The thing is, it, it'll be Gonzaga or Baylor. It's not, you, can't, you can't be against a team that you played twice already. That's a good point. At least in the second round, it can't be. Well, doesn't Gonzaga always have always have a good big man? They got shooters. We, did you see them the other night? Yeah, Ooh. when they came back in the second half. Jalen got her sucks. Done. Zach, I feel so much better that I actually get to see you in person doing this interview instead of over the phone. My day has been made. It's been a lot of fun. It's, it's been a blast. Thank you so much.